0: Um, okay, so we're talking about prayer. And yay, yeah, my computer synced. Yes, shout out technology. Um, so last week, we talked about uh, how whenever we talk to the Lord, um, one of the most key pivotal things in, in prayer is recognizing that God is our Father. And so uh, the way that we interpret how God responds to us, the way that we interpret His Word, the way that he, we interpret everything has to come through the funnel of God being our Father. And so we talk about that at summer groups. Um, if you guys haven't got a chance to come to summer groups, they're tomorrow night at our house. Melina just talked about it a second ago. Uh, but that's really, really good to discuss some of the things that I like to talk about on Sunday. Um, but today, we're going to be a little more interactive. I'm to give you your little card here, so this is fun. Um, so go back to my beginning of this series. I realized that at church, we just kind of taught you things about God, but we were struggling to teach you how to interact with God. And so I'm hugely passionate about learning how to interact with God. Uh, so today we're going to look at just different things. So open up your Bible, Psalm 145. And we're going to um, I'm actually going to start us off with prayer and then we're going to get going. Um, y'all, this lesson um, this lesson and I we beat each other over the head on Thursday while I was, I was trying to just process where the Lord had us, and I. And um, this wasn't an easy lesson for me, because um, it it kind of showed something within me of where <laughs> I'm just not up to par. Uh, it, it showed some of my weakness, and that's never a fun thing. Guys aren't like, a, we're not really fans of weakness. <laughs> we, we're fans of strength, um, and so this one was something i had to wrestle with so i'm kind of coming today out of something that I, i'm god's kind of just said like the bar's here you know how are we going to get there and so he's kind of pushing me with that uh let's start in prayer and then we're going to go in psalm 145 um father will you use me and will you speak your truth and uh made this concept uh, that's found in psalm 145 be so clear and evident in our lives may it be clear to us as we comprehend it may it make sense Holy Spirit, we give you permission in our lives to do whatever you will um, in this moment, correct any of our thinking, push us out of our box. Um, but Lord, we recognize that your presence is here with us and that, Father, you are here and that you are looking to impart wisdom to us, uh, to be with us, uh, not just to make us smart, but to interact with us, to be relational with us. So, God, thank you for this opportunity that we can be inter- relational with you. In your name, amen. So what we're going to do is um, I'm going to read seven, not seven verses, I'm going to read four verses, uh, verses four through seven, and then we're going to do an exercise, and then I'm going to come back and read the entirety of Psalm 145. So Psalm 145 is 21 verses, okay, you guys are all like adults, you can read 21 verses. So we're going to uh, read the four through seven, and then I'm going to lead you in this exercise. Here's what David says in the song. It says, one generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Um, so, what we're going to do is, there's something in here. There's this principle. In here. And in verse five it says, Uh on your glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your works I will meditate. And in verse six, it says that they will speak of your mighty on your awesome deeds, and declare your greatness, pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, sing aloud of your righteousness. So in verse five it says that when we meditate, this is just your principle, alright. When we meditate on the works of God and the character of God, we pour out praise to God. Um, when, we, when we meditate on what God's done, when we meditate on His character, we pour out praise to God. And this is going to be crucial here in a second because we're going to get back to why it matters we pour out praise to God. We're talking about prayer. and um, We've talked about in the Lord's Prayer, it's like, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so. We talked about two weeks ago how the disciples said prayer needs to be something that we learn. And then we talked about last week how our Father, He needs to be our Father. And so now we're saying, what is that hallowed be your name? We never would say that, but what does it mean to praise God in our prayers? And so that's what we're kind of taking a look at today. Um, So what I want you guys to do, and um, it's that little note card in front of you all. I want us to essentially spend a minute, a couple minutes... Meditating with the Lord. Uh, Now, this is kind of crazy for some of y'all. This is kind of just calm for some of y'all. But on that card, I want you to answer um, four questions. And basically, it's very interactive with the Lord. You're, You're essentially doing an inventory on your last week and seeing where you saw God move. Where did you see God's character at play? Because if it says on the glorious splendor of your majesty, so on your greatness, and on your wondrous works, I'll meditate. So we're meditating on the work of God and the wonder of God. So we're going to, but that's kind of hard to do, like wondrous works. Like I don't use the word wondrous when I'm talking, so I I can't really put that to my life. And so I just kind of, I was driving last night and uh, these questions came to my mind and I want us to kind of just walk through these. So the first question I want you guys to meditate about is where did you see God at work, just in general, this week. So, um, how would we do this? I'll just guide you through this, these questions one at a time. We'll just do one at a time. Uh, so they'll play some music just so it's not completely silent. Um, but here's how I want you guys to do this. This is real simple. Let's not try to over spiritualize this. Let's also not try to make this too simple. You're sitting with God. God is here in this room. He's interested in your presence. He's interested in what you have to say. He's interested in speaking with you. Okay? He did, remember last week we said that he delights over us. And so when you're sitting here, it's a, it's a question and answer. God, calm my heart. I always tell my heart to calm because I got AD. But I say, God, calm my heart and show me where you were at work in my life this week. Show me where you moved. So let's just spend this moment with the Lord. Okay, this is individual, but it's communal at the same time they'll play some music and we'll just relax here for a second God where he was at work in our lives and the lives of people around us in our community where did we see God As you um, continue to think about that, I want to push you to the next question. This isn't a race, we're sitting with God. Where did you see God's steadfast love this week? Where in your life, maybe in the life of your roommate, your family, your community, where was God's love on display? This can be large things or it can be small things. you into the next one. The question is, where have we seen God's mercy or His forgiveness on display this week? Whereas, what were the moments where you experienced the forgiveness of God? What were the moments that you experienced the forgiveness of other people? The moments that we um, witnessed Forgiveness? You're just out in the community and you saw an act of forgiveness. You heard about it in your your house. Mercy and forgiveness. Remember this is a conversation with the Lord, not an intellectual endeavor. Finally, I want to ask the last question, which ties into what we did last week. Where this week do we interact with God as a Father? What actions did God have toward us that we're following? Right. Um, God, thank you for this. Uh, we'll just thank you that we can remember you in our week. Um, God, thank you that you are in our week, um, that you are not a d- distant God, but you are, you are involved with our, in our day-to-day. That we can see places where your, your fatherly protection was there. We can see places where your love uh, was continuous to us for our neighbors, um, for our friends, for our family. Thank you for that, Lord. Uh, in your name, amen. Uh, you want to pause it. I'm hearing it out of the monitors. <laughs> um, okay, so let's breathe. Congratulations, you just meditated. Uh, you weren't in a cave, you weren't a monk, you didn't have candles lit around you, you weren't sipping on some tea, you were just in a room, and you decided to recall God of this last, word, last week. We're going to talk a little bit more about meditation today. Um, Meditation and praise, this is something I kind of realized this week, that they're meant to go hand in hand. Um, the reason that they're meant to go hand in hand, and we're going to read Psalm 145 in a second, but it's this thought. How many of you guys have ever sat down and you said, okay, I need to praise God. And so you sit down and you're like, okay, what do I know about God? This is kind of how I would pray sometimes. God, you are a loving God, full of mercy, compassionate, abounding love. And I just name all the attributes I knew about God. Is that, a, is that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. But with, when I say, God, you're, you're a you're steadfast love, and, and I'm remembering my nephew and what God did there. All of a sudden, I'm seeing God's character on display. It's not this just idea. It's a real tangible thing that I've seen in my life, and it produces thankfulness, and it makes me want to praise. It, when I'm seeing God, you're a God of mercy and forgiveness. And, and I'm, but maybe I'm like at the grocery store and I see a mother and a, and, a, and a daughter and they're displaying forgiveness for each other. Or I'm seeing two friends on a couch and a friend just owes up like, Hey, I want to ask for your forgiveness. I'm seeing that on display, God, that it's birthed forth from you. But I'm seeing God, you are, you're a father's love. And then I, I I'm sitting here wondering, you know, why didn't I get into this class? Or why didn't? Why am I still broke? Or <laughs> any of those things? And and you see once again in God's provision. You say, okay, God, you're a father's love. What I'm saying is that meditation allows us to take the principles and these attributes of God and make them sticky in our life, and, and put them on. I'm, I don't need a pen. And put them on uh, into our own. Influence our own life, our own story. And so that this attribute of God being a steadfast father, loving, an attribute of him being merciful, forgiveness, or God is moving at work, it's not just a phrase that we're saying, but I see it. I see it at work. And what that does when I see it at work is it produces worship in you. How many of you guys, while you're filling your card, thankfulness kind of like arose in your heart, like you were just thankful for what God is doing. And that thankfulness is going to lead into blessing, which is just a fancy way of, of it's an act of worship. And so where that thankfulness leads to worship. So let's let's read Psalm 145. And I want us to take a look at um this what this is, this is a song. So David is an artist, you know, you know, top twenty, King David, and uh this is the most recent pop chart, and he is, this is a, he wrote this song. So this is a song, okay? There's meant to be music, so it's, there's an artsy element to it. Um, but we're, we're going to use this song or prayer, right? When we're worshiping, we're praying to God, the song we're singing. So we're going to use this song or prayer, same thing here, as a model to kind of understand how does David pray. We're going to pull those elements out and interact with them. Okay, let's uh, just do the whole psalm. <sighs> okay, Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and great to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another. And shall declare your mighty acts. On your glorious splendor of your majesty. And on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds. And I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness. And shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger. And he's abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all. The Lord is faithful in all His words and kind in all His works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His works. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear Him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. And let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but I, I get caught up in prayer when I pray that. Now, I'm not David, and so when David says the Lord is gracious and merciful, he has different things in his mind of why he believes the Lord is gracious and merciful. He's seen it occur. I said this a couple, maybe like a month or two ago, but the Israelites were the only people group that worshipped as a result of what God had done. Most people worshipped in order for their God to do something, to bless them. The Israelites are the only people that worship as a result of what God's done. We worship God. We praise God. Um, we bless God as a result of what he's done. We use our lives. We use the lives of the people around us to understand God's character and to worship him. So let's look at some of the, how does David pray? Well, one of the first things I see is that his prayer is full of adoration. He's adoring God all the time. He's in awe of God. That idea of being an awe, we're going to come back to that later, but that is regular. If you also, if you paid attention here, this prayer is personal, but it's also plural. So in other words, he's praying about his own life, like in verse 2 he says, every day I will bless you. But then he, eventually, he says it's plural. We will remember who God was. We will worship the Lord. So he has an understanding um, that this prayer is, is for him, but he's also part of a collective unit that's worshiping the Lord. And he, he intertwines those together. That's an interesting thought there. Um, when we pray, I wonder if our prayers are very personal most of the time. Um, are we praying as a collective? So he's in this prayer, is praying about his life, but is also praying about the lives of his community the same time and if you're anything like me a lot of times my prayer kind of like becomes about my life unless i'm interceding on behalf of someone and then it's about their life but uh, praying for a community i love that he says that uh he describes the people who's concerned with praising god in verse 4 he says one generation shall commend your works to another generation they will praise you so it's a people consume of praising God. So he's adoring, it's personal, it's plural. He also is very descriptive about the character of God. Do you all see that when you're reading this here? He's very descriptive, very descriptive. He even like breaks it up into segments where he's talking about his life and how he will praise people, not praise the Lord and how people will praise the Lord. Then he takes like a two-verse break, verse eight and nine, he says, the Lord is gracious and merciful. Uh, that's the same this is a little fun fact that's the same conclusion that Jonah comes to at the end of the book of Jonah um, he's saying the Lord is good to all and then he kind of goes to another little praise break um, as I guess I don't have a better phrase than that a little praise break uh, like 13 through 14 and does the same thing and he praises the Lord for his character so he knows the character of God um, but he also like I said he describes it He also knows it. I think he knows it based on his own life. In other Psalms, you'll see that the Israelites, in order to remember the character of God, will sing about what God brought them through. They'll sing about the trip through the wilderness. They'll sing about God defeating this army or doing this in their life, providing manna. And they'll use that as an opportunity to remember the character of the Lord. He also mentions quite a few spiritual rhythms. Uh, We're going to get to that in a second. And just basically, uh, let's go ahead and look at that. There's a slide, Darby, for spiritual rhythms. Okay, so let me define spiritual rhythms. So these are things that we're doing on a regular basis that are spiritual in nature. Well, you could say, well, John, isn't everything spiritual in nature? Yes, that is true. But these are the things that you're doing intentionally to grow spiritually. Okay? Look at the different things he he talks about. In verse 1, he talks about praising God. Verse 2, he's going to daily bless God. Um, I'll put this up here, but bless we don't ever use the word "bless" in, like, as far as like us blessing God. That's kind of foreign in our language. Like, I bless you, God. It sounds very kind of old school. Like, but if I were to say like, "Man, Emily's a blessing," we all understood that. Like, she's just so sweet and she enriches our lives and she's a fantastic human. But if I were to say like, "I bless you, God," bless here, I love it. It's just it's an act of adoration. So it's an actual act. It's uh, it's something we're doing to worship something. So he's actively worshiping God every day. Matter of fact, he goes on to say he's going to praise God forever. He meditates on God's majesty, on God's wondrous works. He declares God's greatness. He talks about the goodness of God's kingdom. Talks about God's power and speaking to praise of God. You can leave it up there for a second, Darren. But look at that list there, man. See, if I were to, when I read this psalm, you probably immediately didn't go like, oh man, he's he's telling us all the different things to do here. You probably thought this song is about God's character. about like who is God and how is he interacting with his people. That's kind of like the first glimpse. But as I was starting to read it, I was like, wow, there are all of these regular rhythms that he's doing. And I have to believe that these rhythms are tied in to his worship of God. Earlier, we connected the dot between meditating and worship. We connected how when we spend time meditating on the Lord, it kind of like produces this desire to worship because it connects the dots. Well, I think these spiritual rhythms connect the dots for us as well. So daily blessing God, forever praising God, meditating, declaring God's greatness. These are regular habits, spiritual habits. So what I had to do, and this is the part that got me, guys. Um, It just begged questions in my life. I wrote down four questions that it begged in my own heart. Um, Maybe these resonate with you. Maybe I'm just the only one that's up here thinking these questions. But these are the questions that this resonated in my heart. The first question, when I looked at all these spiritual rhythms, and I just said, man, do I speak about the greatness of God? Is that part of my words um, am I speaking about the greatness of God? And I, I felt like I had to answer that yes or no. Another question that kind of begs to me is like, do I know this? Do I know the greatness of God? Do I do I fully know it? Like, have I do I um, do I know how to worship Him from my experiences? Um. Do I, do I, um, I'll just be honest, verse three, verse two, um, it kind of like shut me down for a while. It said, every day I will bless you and I will sing your praises forever and ever. And I just thought, man, is praising God something I do every day? And this isn't meant to come off hard because I'm literally talking about my own life. Um, But God just kind of said like, man, look at this. Is, is praising God something I do every day? Well, I could say, yes, I live my life, a manner worthy of God. You know, I'm not an idiot. Well, sometimes I am, but I try not to be an idiot. And I'm praying and, you know, but he says, like, are you worshiping me every day? And I just think so intentionally here. Like, okay, am am I giving God adoration every day? Or am am I just kind of going through my day? Is this a, a spiritual rhythm of mine? To worship the Lord. And that really hit me. Um, and I kind of s- said like, you know, it's a part of my life. But I don't know if I could tell you I do it every day. Um, and maybe you're right, kind of where I was. Like it's a part of my life. Like worshiping God. That's something we do. Um, but as far as saying, like it's going to be a part of my every day. I love that. I, I feel the passion when he says every day I I'll bless you. Like I feel like he's just, he's going to do it. Um And the last thing that this psalm begs me was that you know, are my prayers personal, or do I see myself as a collective unit? You know, the main character of this entire psalm is the lord um, it 's not david it 's not the people of God, but it's the the character is God, and um, he's the subject manner is God and God 's goodness, and the subject manner is uh, what God is doing, how man will respond to God, how man collectively will respond to God. And if, the question in our prayers is, who's who's the main subject in your prayer? And and not just your prayer, my prayer, our prayer. When, when you're sitting down, when we're sitting down, what's the main subjects in our prayer? Like, what's the main idea? And uh, if you're like me, sometimes, I, I just to be honest, the main subject's me. I'm, God, I want to talk about me. I need, <laughs> I like talking and you like listening. So hear me out. And uh, God's just, the main subject in this prayer is, uh, is God. And that pushed me. That pushed me. Can you imagine your prayers? I want you just to just kind of like go to Imagine World with me. And think about what would your prayers look like if God was the main subject? you're like me, you immediately jump to you just saying great are you God, great are you, great are you like, okay, let's take it let's take it back a notch how can we incorporate incorporate worshiping God but also t- telling God about our life um, speaking to him about the things in our heart, praying about the people around us in a way where God is still the main subject well I think David gives us a great outline of that and if you look at it in other psalms I mean, there are moments when David just 100% talks about himself. <laughs> he goes, God, my life is terrible. They're trying to kill me. I'm depressed. What do I do? And he's just going off. And, but what happens is you have those moments where he reminds himself of God's character in that moment. He angers himself and he grounds himself. So that's, I just want to push us, ourselves. Like, is God the main character in our prayers? So let's talk a little bit more about meditation. Um, Meditation, if you're like me, is something that is refreshing to your soul. Let's just say it that way. But at the same time, um, you kind of struggle to do it, not because of desire, but just because you just don't sit down and do it. Um, but every time you do it, you don't ever wake up going, or you don't ever get up going, that was a waste of time. You kind of wake up and go, that was good. Like, I'm glad I did that. Um, so let's just talk about what it means to meditate. Psalm 119, the largest psalm in all of scripture, talks a lot about this. Um, don't flip there. It's like four verses. So let's just go them. Uh, but in 147, it says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words, my eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. So let's just look at that. Essentially, he uses a lot of words to say this. I get up early to meditate on your promise to think about the condition that you've placed me in into the family of god so it's something why do you get up early is earliness more holy no we talked about this last week earliness is not more holy what it allows you to do is it allows you to be alone with god so there are times where you corporately will meditate and we just did an example of that but there are times when you go to your secret place you close the door and you sit with god Okay. What's, the next, what's the next verse here? One nineteen fifteen. He says, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Precepts is a fancy word for the law or in other words, the word of God. I will meditate on God's scripture and fix my eyes means to say focused on your ways. I will meditate on what your word says and I will focus on your way. I love that because my way has a lot of thoughts and opinions on what it should do. And there are moments when I need to meditate on God's word and put myself back in the correct position, the correct understanding, a realignment. You know, what's next? Psalm one, one, two. Bless this man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. The next verses would go on to say that, like he's like a he's like a tree that's planted deeply. So, our roots in life are to be in our meditation on God's word and hearing God, seeing God, and it's meant to be the uh, a foundational part of our life. And then finally, in verse uh, one nineteen twenty seven, he says, "Make me understand your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works." So we just have a couple scripture examples of what it means to meditate. It means you're doing it alone. Uh, it means that you are doing it based upon God's word, and you're doing it based upon what God has done. And I think if we follow that that principle alone, God's word, what has God done? Um, what would that do in our hearts? You know, what would, what would that do in our hearts as we uh, think about what God's done? It's easier to speak about the Lord's awesome deeds that we hear about when we spend time thinking about them. When we um, put them into our world; it it changes the way we understand them. So, it's kind of one of my challenges um, to you. But let's just let's talk about praise. You know, what does it mean to praise God? Um, I want us to think more of praise as something that's attached to our life, not something that is just saying awesome characteristics about God. It's more than memorizing things uh, about God. We want to praise Him based upon our experiences. So, when I talk about being in awe of something, um, we want to be in awe of God. Let's just talk about the word awe. So, I am in awe of professional athletes. I'll just be honest, okay? Uh, Particularly NBA players. I'm a big basketball fan. That's like my thing, all right? And. So, like, when I see LeBron dunk, or I watch Vince Carter put his elbow in the rim, like, just incredible feats of athleticism, I am 100% in awe. Why? Because I know that's impressive, and two, well, I don't know it's impressive, I can't do that. I don't know if you've ever seen me jump. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> and um, so, I can't jump, and so I am in awe, and I am impressed of it, but... Let's think about this. If, if I could dunk like any of them, would I be in awe of them? No, because I can do it. You know, if I can play guitar like Jimi Hendrix, am I in awe of Jimi Hendrix? If I can sing like Aretha, am I in awe of Aretha? No, because I can do it. But what God has given us opportunities, he's saying, look, there's, there's this incredible thing that you're never going to be able to do, and, you've, and you can be in awe of me. And no matter how much you're trying, you're never going to get up there. Um, But without... We have to attach. Uh, It's twofold. It's twofold. So when we're being in awe, we're drawing based upon our experience and our personal inability. So when when you're in awe of something, you're drawing based upon your experience and your personal inability. I cannot dunk. Why? I tried. Right? All right? So when we're thinking about when we're in awe of God... We're being in awe of what he's done in our life, experience-driven. Like, this is relational, right? We're in awe of him because of what we've seen him do in our own inability to do those things, okay? God, I mean, it's just a great example of this, a classic example, is it's God's love displayed on the cross, right? He's on the cross, and he's seen people curse him out and he's offering forgiveness to them and offering love to them. Okay? Now, let's think about that and go, okay, I'm not very loving on North Street, let alone on a cross. And I know, so I know from my personal uh, inability and experience that that's something greater than me. And so all of a sudden, we're in awe of what God's love has done. You see that, how we're drawing based upon our own experience? So, worshiping God It's meant to be something where we see him at work in our life. And that produces um, thankfulness and that produces worship. And we're not going to see God at work, though, unless we stop to see him. Because we will, uh, the scripture says that sometimes we're entertaining angels not even know it. What he's saying there is like there are things happening around us that we're just going about our day. We miss it. And I miss it. But well, we've got to see God at work and remember God at work That we get that from meditating. We get that from a scripture. Uh, and So like maybe you're like me and the first one was kind of hard. Like, okay, God, what did you see at work? And, like, you came up with a few things. But when I say, where did you see God's love? You're like, oh, love. Okay, uh, I was a bit more focused. Like, I kind of came up with that one. And then you pro- and I got to, where did you see God's mercy? If you were like me, you kind of, ooh, that one took a little longer. That one's hard. Uh, God, where do I see you at mercy? have mercy. Where do I see you have forgiveness? What you're doing is you're forcing yourself to analyze your week. You're forcing yourself to think, where was God? Because he's here. He's in our midst. And as soon as you realize where he was, it produces thankfulness. and produces worship in our life. It's crazy, but I think if we're going to sit here and be like David in Psalm 2 where he says, every day I will bless you. Um, in verse two, when he says, every day I will bless you. and I want to say, okay, then every day I'm going to think about where is God at? Where's God moving? Where, where do we see him? And that's kind of like a fun way to live life, I also think. You know, where's God moving? Let's join in with him. What's God doing? Let's be a part of that. Um, and what that also does is that when we're praising him, it's more than just us singing our, lifting our hands and singing. Like, we're going to go do that in a second, Right? Like, we love singing. Um, but it also is speaking the wondrous deeds of God. I love this. I, I will declare your greatness. Um, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. It it takes over our conversation. When we see God at work and kind of understand that the context of our life, It an, an outsource of that is us talking about it. We're at Java Jacks, you know, and you're saying like, man, God... This happened in my life, I realized I really saw god 's love in this I saw god 's character in this I saw him be faithful here I, I, you know how the Bible says that um, the Lord is gracious and merciful. I really feel like he poured out his grace in this moment and I saw it take place here. It changes our vernacular and this is something that i 'm asking God uh, i 'm just like standing here today desiring that Does help help me help this become part of my language because sometimes it 's kind of awkward people start like talking. I, this is going to sound terrible, but like you're in the midst of a conversation and people are like, yeah, praise God. This is wonderful. And you're like, yeah. You're like, you're not disagreeing, but it just didn't flow in the conversation. You're like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Am I the only one that it ever happened to? Okay. It happens to me sometimes. I'm like, yes, that is, yes, 100%. There's a way that we could talk about the greatness of God. There's a way that we can talk about his goodness. And it's based on what we've seen in our life. And so those moments tell about it culture is created by the words we use and culture is created by the stories we tell if we are to create a culture here where we are worshiping God then we are telling stories of where we saw God's God work in our life and that will produce worship more than more than singing, And we've talked about this, but worship is presenting of your whole entire self to God in your entirety. So this is just some thoughts. Tomorrow we're going to get into uh, detail a little bit more about meditating. Um, If you really want to spend some time in Psalm 145, um, Shane and Shane wrote a song on this song. Um, It's it's good. Um, So spend some time meditating on that. So let's pray and we'll uh, go to big church. Um, Father, just this week, um, when you move, help us to know it. Um, And when you do something in our lives or in the lives of people around us, help us to see it. Uh, May that produce praise in our heart. May praise not just be empty phrases, God. May it be based out of what we've seen you do. Yeah. Uh, So God, we give you our everything.